around roughly six-ish o'clock. We have some good singing, some good preaching, and a good time in the Lord being together with those all over the mid-Atlantic. Amen? Amen? So pray for that, that all will be safe with that as well. The Hilton. Oh, the Hilton Hotel. I said Marriott. The Hilton Hotel. That's not that different. Okay, they different. Okay, all right. I don't know. I just look for a hotel and check in. I got you. I got you. Amen. So make sure that you're there Thursday and we're ready to have a good time in the Lord. Also want to let you know that many times we have um, leadership meetings and ministry leaders meeting and other type meetings here. And we make a decisions in those meetings that the word has to be passed down. And uh, we did not do that. So what we're doing is in our bulletin, whenever you see it, look under the section that we can have in there. That's going to be called leaders meetings updates. And in those updates, all of the policy changes and things that we make, you're going to be able to see them in that section. So we can keep you well informed about the things that are going on. Amen? Because one of some of the things that you're going to see in there that we're about to put in there is, and it was made back in April, April or May, about some things we were doing. One of the things we were going to do is, is that we want to have more internal fellowships together. We want to do things together as we bond together in the Lord. It's nothing like knowing your brother and sister over a piece of chicken. Amen. I, mean, I like turkey, too. Turkey. Nothing like, nothing like knowing your brothers and sisters while we playing kickballs and horseshoes, while we playing Monopoly and all these other things. In fact, one of the policies that we had not done for a long time was to allow the use of the buildings for certain events. And we've added uh, baby showers that we're going to be able to ha let you have here at the building. Uh, we still do the uh, uh, marriage, um, marriage dinners when you get married, the marriage dinners and things like that. But we open it up. Uh, and, and care groups, you're also going to be able to bring your potluck dinners. Because before we weren't, we weren't doing a potluck, we were going to get back to that because we got to make sure that we stay bonded as a congregation and know the new members as well. We're never going to make a policy and then keep a policy if it's hurting us. That's foolish. And we make a policy and it goes for a while and we see that it's not helping, then we'll change that policy to make sure we have good ones that's going to help us. Amen? Amen? Because it's all about the cause of Jesus Christ. I apologize to, uh, had to, apologize to Sister Cooper because she runs that and see her for weddings and all that kind of stuff, and I didn't tell her that, and, and we had some confusions with that. So I want to make that clear that we are making some policy changes Amen. for the cause of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, and the last thing I do want to say is, is that uh, as we do the jobs for missions and all the things that we do for the cause of Jesus Christ, I want you to pray for our sick, our shut-in, and those who are hurting through physical ailments at this time. And that is because that not only in the church, but it's happening all in our families. There's just sickness and, and death and all this other stuff taking place. And God said that would happen when a nation turns its back on him. He said, I'll turn my back on that nation. And you don't want God, and we don't want God to turn God back on his back on us. I want to let you know that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the only thing that's holding back the wrath of God Amen. upon this world. Amen. This world is so sinful. So out of control, so evil, with foolishness. And so I know God is ready to come back today. But because of his great mercy, and because he's given us, his children, the opportunity to get the word out, I want to let you know that we got to stay busy because one day he's coming. One day he's going to say, enough is enough. And that's it. So stay in, stay in the kingdom. Stay in the church. Stay in the word. And let God bless you. That leads into my sermon today. Proverbs chapter number 4, verses 10 through 13 was so ably read to you. But we're going by Brother Wynn. We're going to read it again, once again, for emphasis sake. The Bible says here in... Proverbs chapter 4, verses 10 
through 13. It's 8 o'clock service. They, you, you, they, they let you, you, you read after them. I'm a, I'm a, I got I to gotta practice that and get that right so we can get some of that stuff in there too. I got to watch and see how it works. I like that. The Bible said in verse 10, Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall be straightened, and when thou runneth, thou, sh thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Brothers and sisters, God gives us instructions from heaven. A month ago, we talked about the instructions from heaven for motherhood. And mothers. Today we're going to talk about the instructions from heaven for fatherhood and for fathers. Because I want to let you know, it was God who decreed from the beginning that he would structure the family not by our way, but by his way. And he decreed that from heaven. Men and social scientists are trying to change and undo what God did, but they don't know they're undoing it to their own destruction. They're undoing it to their own perils. Because Solomon said right here, Hear, O my son, and receive my saying, and thy years of thy life shall be many. Fatherhood. This morning I want to talk about fatherhood because this is just a launching off. We're going to be all over the Bible, but this is just a launching off point right here. Now I'm talking about, and the title of my sermon today is Fatherhood Before, During, In the Empty Nest. Fatherhood. First of all, fatherhood and motherhood, the whole family is God's design. It was made by God, it's ordained by God, and it's the way God decreed that family's going to grow healthy. What God did was, he decreed that I'm going to make a man in Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to make a man, and then I'm going to teach him that he's alone. And I'm going to demonstrate to him that he needs to take a companion. And then God decreed that those two, father and mother, are going to be the perfect ingredient for raising up offspring. God decreed that. Now, we get crazy and mess it up. But God decreed that them two are the perfect ingredients for getting that done. And it was God who decreed. That when he told Adam, uh, Eve that thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. It was God who ordained that I'm going to hold the responsibility for all the families on the earth by that man. By that father. And he's going to stand before me. And if he does right, I'm, just going, I'm going to bless him all the days of his life. Now, if he doesn't, I'm going to spank him and whip him down. So let's talk about fatherhood. Because there are some individuals, guys who aren't married yet, don't have any children yet. Let's talk to you for a moment. See if we can get you ready for that wonderful thing called fatherhood. First of all, what is fatherhood? Fatherhood is the state of being a father. It's being a male parent who has one or more children, and it is a state of being. It is the mindset that I have responsibilities to my children. If you ain't married yet, when you do take a wife and, 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 and your start, the children getting ready to come, you got to get your mind right. 
that there is offspring that are coming that I'm going to be responsible for. What is fatherhood? It is the accepted understanding of the responsibilities and accountabilities of rearing, guiding, instructing, training, and being concerned for the children. Fatherhood. Fatherhood. Being responsible for the children, whether it's organic birth, whether it's adopted, whether it's stepchildren, whether it's foster children, whether it's grandchildren, or whether you're in a father-like situation. Fatherhood. It is a big responsibility, but God has equipped all us men to be able to take it on. You are equipped, you are especially equipped as men to be able to take this thing on. Oh, it's a tiger. Oh, it's a lion. It can be a bear sometimes. But God has especially designed and equipped you to take that on and to be successful in it. And those who are wise enough, those men who find themselves in the church, now we can give you some fatherhood instructions to help you along the way. Go with me over. Let's look at before. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Before, are you single brothers? Are you young guys growing up about to go to college? The Bible says here, in Genesis chapter 2, in verse number 15, it said, The Lord God spake, no, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. God, who gave mankind their first glimpse of preparing somebody for fatherhood, the first thing he did was he put the, gave the man a home. And he made the home so it would be a challenge to him by it being a garden. And through that, he would get some skill and training about being responsible and accountable for some stuff. Our children need to learn how are their children to be responsible and accountable for some stuff. So when they grow up, they got to understand that they're now responsible and accountable for some stuff. So God said before he even said anything about a woman, he said, man, I made you, you going in this garden. He said, here's my instructions. I put you in here, this garden of Eden, to dress it and to keep it, meaning to cultivate it. That's what God did. Let me tell you what else God did. That's the first thing he did. The second thing that he did was he had to teach man before he get any family, he got to teach him that there are rules and boundaries in this life. There's some stuff you can't go beyond this way or that way. You can't turn to the right or to the left. So what he said in verse 16 was, The Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. It's all yours. But of the tree... Of the knowledge of good and even that is in the midst of the garden, thou shalt not eat. It says it, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. You got boundaries, Adam. There's rules, Adam. You can touch everything else, but don't touch this tree. Boundaries. Too many times we don't help our young men before they get married to know there's boundaries in fatherhood. In fatherhood, you can't 
It ain't, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't all about you no more. Go out and buy all your stuff now. Go out and get all of your toys now. Because with fatherhood comes rules. With fatherhood comes, comes boundaries. That's before you get married. And you have to understand and you have, you have to learn that. And let me say this, and let me say this too. When you look at Adam and when God gave Adam this rule and gave Adam this regulation, the job first, then rules and boundaries second. The next thing, third step was he had to demonstrate what the nature and wisdom of coupling looks like. Oh, see, because because Adam didn't know right now that it was not good to be alone. He don't know that yet. So God got to send him to school and let him know that he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you. I hear some brother out there saying right now. Yeah, sometimes. But you didn't hear what I said 10 minutes ago about how you've been equipped. It ain't always going to work. I understand stuff happen. But that still don't mean you ain't equipped to take some stuff, to endure some stuff. For as long as you, don't be so quick to back up. Fight. Stick your chest out. Pick your head up. See, too many times we, 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 we get in a situation where uh, as we are about to get married is we're mixing up the thing thinking, number one, I'm going to get married and I'm going ahead and I'm going to be the boss. No, you're not. You're getting job mixed up with house. No, no, you ain't going. You're not. Young men, you're not going to find a wife and have little children to be their boss. That's not what God desired you. You heard what he said in the book. He said, Adam, I'm giving you this garden that you may learn how to dress it and keep it, which means cultivate. Oh, young men, before you get married, get in the cultivating business. When you take that woman and you take them children, tell them, I'm here to make your lives good. In fact, without me, your life ain't going to be that good. <laughs> because I, the man, the husband, makes a difference. So what God had to do was take Adam and tell Adam that he was going to, to, to test him out. Look at verse 18, 2.18. In 2.18, the Bible says here, and the Lord said, it is not good for that man should be alone. Notice the man ain't say it. He wasn't smart enough to say it. God said, Almighty God said this situation right here is okay, but it's not good that he should be alone. Everything is good, but his loneliness isn't good. Oh, my goodness gracious. There comes a time where, young men, before you get married, let me say, it comes a time where you think and think and think and, you know, it, it, I'm, 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 I know I got dressed up, I ain't ready yet, I ain't ready yet, I ain't ready yet, I ain't ready yet, I ain't ready yet. Ain't ready yet. A lot of people have gone through that. A lot of men have gone through I'm ready yet. And when they look back, it's a void. We're my sons. We're my children. Amen. And it comes, and I don't know what happens, but something clicks in a man in about the mid to late 30s when he see other guys already started. And he already grabbed his, and my boy right here, and my baby girl right here, and my little fella right here, and my baby boo right here. And he start clicking like, mm. He start clicking. And why does he start clicking? He starts clicking because he realized 
and God designed this, he is sensing a void. He's sensing something. He's sensing something. Watch the text. Because he don't know it's not good to be alone. So God said, I'm going to make, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a help meet for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. And he brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam God gave names to the cattle, to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. See, he was smart. But if you finish reading, a light bulb came on. Boom. Mr. Monkey, Miss Monkey. Mr. Giraffe, Miss Giraffe. Mr. Lion. Miss Lion and Lord Lionettes, Cubs. And then the Bible said, what? What did it say right there, Brother Claiborne? The end of that statement in verse number 20. And Adam gave names to all the cattle uh -huh. and to the fowl of the air uh -huh. and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, uh -huh. there was not found and helped me for him. He realized, I ain't got nobody. Something clicked. What I'm saying is, young men, it's going to come a time, don't let it be too late, when something clicks and say, I ain't got nobody. Oh. <laughs> oh. Watch the text. So when you look at the text, you'll see here, that, 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 that he demonstrate uh, what nature uh, uh, made in wisdom about the coupling and what coupling looks like. And he realized I didn't have no one for myself. The fourth thing God cultivated was this bonding. Made him long for it. Finish reading and say here in verse 21 of the Lord's God caused a deep sleep. To fall on Adam and, and he slept and he took one of his ribs, took one of his ribs. Why did he take a rib? I got to show you closeness. Amen. I got to illustrate closeness. I could have just made it the same way I made you. Boom, Adam, boom, Eve. But no, I'm going to take a piece of you. Took his rib, closed the flesh up there and the rib which the Lord God had taken from a man, he made a woman and bore her unto the man. And Adam said, wow. I wasn't back there, but I could just hear him saying, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Now this is bone of my bone. This is flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. I think he feels a sense of responsibility. When you get up there to that altar and you're about to say, I do, it's okay to shake a little bit. Because you're about to do it. You're about to get into a relationship that might bring, that hopefully going to bring fatherhood. And if not fatherhood, father like fatherhood. Watch the text. Therefore, 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 shall a man leave his father and his mother. That's another thing. You can't break. Young man, I know you ain't married yet, but when you pick her, you can't bring mama with you. I know you love yourself some mama. But God has decreed that when you take her, you got to disconnect from her. Love her, but unplug. This is the new queen. Don't get in the house and with your new queen and start talking about mama's chicken. Mama's meatloaf. Oh, mama made the best cakes. I know I'm eating your pie. 
my, not like my mama, sweet potato pie. No, you can't bring mama. And guess who else you can't bring? You can't bring daddy. You can't bring daddy. I know daddy was your trainer, he your coach, he your mentor, but you can't bring him. But God designed it like that. Why? Because God has equipped you as a man to have everything you need to get into this thing called fatherhood. You have been especially equipped. Let me throw this out there. And wives, let him do his work. My husband ain't doing this right and ain't doing that right. Guess what? You might be aiding and abetting. In heaven, probably a felony up there. To not let the man do what I made him and designed him to do. Let's go to, let's go to Dory. That was before. Now let's go to a father who got some children. Bible said Luke 15. And in Luke 15, this man is obviously still raising his son. There was a suit 15 and 11. And he said, Jesus said there was a certain man who had two sons. They're still at home. He's still raising his son. It was God who gave mankind their first glimpse at preparing for fatherhood. Here is a situation where verse 12 said, and the younger of them said to his father, the younger of them, watch out for them baby children. Oh, just something about them baby children. Baby, baby children, they're a mess. Every time the big ones come over, you got to hear about how much of a mess they are. Baby children. Baby children will say some stuff. But baby children will say some stuff to, to a father. That make a father say, what you just say? What you just say? Why is that? Well, it is because... Because the baby child is the baby child in a fatherhood scheme. If we're not careful, we may not balance our training and mentoring and approaching. Because remember, during fatherhood, the one thing we got to know that we're doing as dads is our job is to help them, our children, while they're home, uh, four-year-old, six-year-old, ten-year-old, eight-year-old, help them to understand responsibility and accountability. Amen. That's our job. Give them stuff to do and make them responsible for doing that. Because if you don't do that, then you're, what you're teaching them is, is everything goes. And they're liable because they didn't get the proper training here. They're liable to break some boundary rules. Oh, <laughs> Because they didn't get the training, they didn't get the, they didn't get the coaching and the mentoring right here. This father had this son that comes to him and said, the younger son said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that befalleth me. Now, now, now y'all heard this sermon preached before. Y'all know that none of this stuff belonged to him. That father could have said, you out your mind what belonged to you, but you got on your back and get out of here. But during fatherhood, while they're in our home, every day should be a teachable moment. Even if they choose to come back in our home as grown children, when you get back in my home, you're getting taught some more. Oh, Lord, have mercy. you back in my home, that means home, that means I skipped something. Now I got to go back to getting the job and getting out of here. But this father was wise. He was wise. He saw this as a teachable moment. Do you think he did not know what was going to happen? Especially since we know that the father in this text is representative of God. 
He knew what was going to happen, what happened, but sometimes fatherhood, fathers without children, we got to let them go and fail on some stuff. Don't rescue them from failing on the stuff. Let them fail. My children, they be walking around the house crying and all, all four of them walking around crying. I ain't pitying them. I ain't pitying them. They run I can't believe it happened. I said, believe it. Well, what am I going to do? Figure it out. Ain't no tears. No, this a, is a teaching moment. This father said, you know what? He going to blow this money. But I, I'm not going to stop him. Because I see right now he got this wild stuff in him. And I got to test him. One day in. He ain't here, I can tell. He grown, doing good in church down there, singing, leading the meetings. He doing good. But he wasn't always like that. One day he went out the house. And, and one day he came in the house. When he came in the house, 17 years old, I noticed he's acting funny. He's coming in, going out. Coming in, in the refrigerator, running in and out. I'm down in my office doing my lesson or a class or something, and I'm saying, what? So I ain't say nothing. Let me see how this works. And I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. I'll say, boo, boo, boo. And I hear him go out the front door, go out the front door. I said, hmm. Let me, let me follow him. So I got in there, let him go up the street, and I'm following him. Fatherhood, this fatherhood now you got to father. I'm father him. I'm father. And he runs across Bel Air Road, runs back across Bel Air Road, but can't get across the street. He don't know which way the curb is. I said, no, he not. Okay, I said, okay. Practice is over. Grab him. Bring the home. Daddy, daddy. Oh, my heart beating so bad. My heart beating so bad. I'm going to die, daddy. Oh, I'm going to die, daddy. I'm going to die, daddy. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? I was with my friend in school. And my friend in school, he, he, he had a long cigarette. And, 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 and he gave me some. I gave you some? Why? He said, but we. Oh, my goodness gracious. And I bring him back across the street. And when he get in the house, I shut the front door, and he start running around. And I told him, go ahead and, go ahead and run around. I mean, you're in the house now. Amen. But you better not break nothing. Don't eat nothing out of my refrigerator. And don't mess nothing up. I know you got all this stuff going on. He said, okay, he running around, he running around. Then there come a point in time I had to say, okay, now have a seat over there. Then he sit on the couch, and we sit on the couch. He, uh, 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 uh. Now, his mother don't know this. She sleep. I said, and she can't handle this. She is not going to be, I got to handle, I got to do this. I, fatherhood, sometimes fathers, you go through all this stuff, so you got to go into action. So my job, I was a monitor. And I monitor him. And I'm watching them. And I'm giving them a little bit of instruction, but right now ain't the time for a sermon. Uh, it's time to reinforce you're going to be all right. We love you. We'll talk tomorrow. And uh, finally he sat there long enough where he fell asleep. I said, thank you, Lord. He woke up the next morning with a headache. And... Um, I was a sorry day. I let him go. Three o'clock, I said, we got to have a meeting. Yeah. And I sat him down ahead of me. I said, what is going on? He said, Dad, my first time. I never did that before. before and I ain't doing that no more. I don't know. I was going to die. <laughs> I said, son, I've always told you, watch out for those you associate with. And then I told him, and sometimes it's more your fault than their fault. 
Because sometimes, fathers, we got to be honest. You know your children. I know my children. Sometimes it ain't the other children. See, blaming other children make us feel better. It can't be my child. It must be the other child. Sometimes it's your child. And thank God it's happening under your roof so you can bring out all your artillery to bring this thing back in check. This father, this father, when this boy said, give me all my stuff and let me go, his father was willing to give him all, half of his stuff, knowing he was going to mess it up just to teach him a lesson. Fathers, we got to be willing. We got to be willing to, to, to listen. Being a fatherhood costs you something. You got to spend some money, some time and some talent. You can't be hanging out all over the place. You got children. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I know something. I, I, I hear the brother saying, what time is the sermon over? It's almost over. <laughs> because, I'm, because, I, because, because men, let me say, let me clear. Because men, because you are sitting here, I'm proud of you. Amen. I think if you're sitting here in the Lord's church as a man, oh, you're in the right place right now. You are God's men doing God's will. And even when you mess up, you got a forgiving God. Watch the text. The Bible says here that, 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 that in verse number 13, uh, not many days after the young son gathered all together and took his journey. Y'all hear that? The young man gathered all together. He was there for a little while packing. The father ain't trying to talk him out of nothing. When you see them about to make a move that you know it ain't going to kill them, but it's going to cost them something, just watch the craziness. You want to use my suitcase? Now, the Bible said, and verse 13, and not many days after the young gathered all together, took all his journey into a far country, and there he wasted, he wasted, he wasted his father's stuff. I know he said his stuff, his father's stuff. Amen. Wasted all his substance with riot chest, out of the box living. Fatherhood requires. Through young life, an opportunity for a season for them to make choices and go through some challenges. Fatherhood develops in the heart of a father the ability to be flexible and tolerant. Fathers, God is telling this father was flexible and tolerant. Don't try to control every little thing, fathers. Give them some room to fall. I know sometimes you can't tolerate that. I can't believe they wasted that bread on the table. Sometimes you got to let, let them learn from it. Let them waste that bread, but the next time they go get another piece, then you say, nope. You got to finish that piece over there. Be flexible with them because fathers, please, flexibility and tolerance is what you are, you are wired for. Don't worry about that. I know it seems like they getting over. They ain't getting over. You just, this, this man, this father, God, let him go. No, he's going to get him all kinds of trouble. Sometimes don't stop their stuff. Manage their stuff. Amen. Oh, 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 oh. oh, Lord, have mercy. Fatherhood learns to stand back, but not always be ready to teach a life lesson. Here's the life lesson, verse 20. Skip down. The Bible says here, and he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Because the father said, because he came back and said to his father in verse 19, I am no more worthy because your son make me like a high servant. Father said he got it. He got the lesson now. He got the lesson. And father, we don't have to keep beating him. Oh, church, church. Let's do the last one. Let's do the last one. So that's doing. Now let's do the last one. The empty nest fathers. I'm trying to be there. I'll be there in one next year. Empty, empty nest father. So let's, see what, let's, see what, let's see what the word got to say here. Let's see what, go over to Job. Go to Job. Go to Job. Go to Job. Man, my wife been married for 36 years. And for 36 years, I done had children in my house. 
That's right. That's right. Anyway, Job chapter 1. When you look at the empty nest father, listen. It is a fact today, in today's time, too many children grow up and seldom serve the Lord after becoming adults. Too many grow up, we don't raise them in the church, and they walk away from the church. Somebody said, well, well what's going on here? Fatherhood. Listen, Job 1, there was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect upright, and one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Sometimes you can raise them the best you can. And it's all your responsibility is to raise them the best you can. When they get adults, they can make independent choices. They'll make us cry. They'll make our hearts hurt. But they can make independent, independent choices. But don't worry if you, when they was young, put enough Bible class in them, enough word in them, enough stuff in them. Later on, they'll be back. But you got to let them go. You've done your job. Job was upright. Job askewed even me. He avoided evil. The next verse said he had seven children. And there were born unto him seven sons, excuse me, ten children. Seven sons and three daughters. He had, and he had stuff. His substance also was 700 sheep and 300 camels. You can read the rest of it. He had a lot of stuff. 7,000, thank you. He had a lot of stuff. What does that teach me? You can do good, do right, and have all the resources for them. But after they get grown, they got to make their own choices. They, you, our mothers and fathers, we love our children, but we can't pack them up and put them in our suitcase and take them to heaven with us. If we could, we would, but God has designed it so we can't. The Bible said here in verse number four, it says here, uh, and, and, and his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. Listen, Job's children may not have fully left. We don't know. But Job was concerned about the possibility. He was concerned that I don't, they grown. I kind of don't know what they're doing. They, you know, they come when I call them. But other than that, I don't really know what they're doing. But as fatherhood of empty nest children, our responsibility is to always be available for mentoring and coaching. That's what we are. We are now the coach. In fact, also, father, empty nest fathers, Always be concerned about your children. Do not get to the point where they're out there doing their own thing and you don't care. That's wrong. They're your children. Care, be concerned about them. Job was so concerned about them that nowhere did it say that Job was invited to these parties. It said that his three sisters was invited. But I don't see what Job was invited to it. But when you look at the text, the text said Job was doing something. Verse 5, Claiborne, what did it say? And, uh, verse 5. Uh -huh. and, and it was so, uh -huh. when the days of their feasting were gone about, uh -huh. that Job sent and sanctified them, uh -huh. and rose up early in the morning, uh -huh. and offered burnt offerings uh -huh. according. Hold up, I had a mistake here. Uh, come on. this. this That's right. According to the number of them all. For Job, go ahead, Claymore. All right. Verse 5. All right. So it, it says, and, and, and it was so, mm -hmm. when the days of their feasting were gone about, uh -huh. that Job sent and sanctified them, uh -huh. and rose up early in the morning, uh -huh. and offered burnt offerings uh, according to the number of them, uh -huh. uh, number of them all. Uh -huh. For Job said, it may be that my it sons may be that have, my sins, sons have, sinned have sinned and cursed, and God, cursed God in their hearts. I mean, I don't know how drunk they got. Amen. I don't know what was going on, but it's a possibility that happened. 
So what did that father and the empty nest do? He said, so I'm going to spend some time going before God on their behalf. I'm going to spend some time talking to God. Help them, Lord. Protect them, Lord. Be with them, Lord. Work with them, Lord. Please, Lord. Here's his sacrifice. 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 Here's her sacrifice. Here's her sacrifice. Here's her sacrifice. Please, God. Watch over my grown children. They're not here, and I can't be with them. I can't go to college with them. I can't do all this thing, but I can get some email. I can lift my hands to you when they get rough. I can go into my war room with you, Lord, saying, help my child. And the way God will help your children is in tough times, your children remember the love of their father and the love of their mother. And they'll pick up a phone and call you. And they'll say, I'm in trouble. You pray for them. And be their coach. Give them instructions. Help them out. Have you got a little bit of resources? Now, fatherhood, we're equipped for this stuff. Mama going to want you to give them everything. Don't give them everything. No, no. No, mama got them hearts. Well, how much you need? 10,000? Give them 10,000. No. That's my retirement money. No, 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 no. Say, Father, you, you meet with him. You coach him. You said, tell me what's going on. Well, I did this, did that, did this, did that. And I, I got to give a third and a third and a third and a third. Well, how close are you to that first third? Well, I, ain't, I really got half of the first third. Well, when I give you the other half of the first third, how are you going to get the other two-thirds? Because I'm helping you right here, but I need a plan. But I thought, I, I thought Mama said, no, I'm giving you the half of the first third. What's your plan to get the other half? Well, I, I, so what you mean, like get a job? Oh, okay. That's a thought right there. We're going in the right direction. That's a thought right there. Got a thought right. Okay, 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 okay. What kind of job are we talking about? Well, you know, you know, I, I ain't working on McDonald's and Burger King because oh, 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 no, 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 no. You working and whatever is available because you owe me a third, a half of a first third. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I'm closing out. I'm closing out. Uh, when my daughter, y'all know this story, but I can tell people who ain't heard it before. When my daughter came back home and said, I'm back home. And mama said she come back home. Okay, I let her come back home. But daddy had a coaching plan. Amen. She got a job. She's coming back home. And she said she's going to move out in a year. But every father got to know your children. Know your children. She saying a year. But in her mind, if I can get in here, I can take my time getting out of here. And Dad said, no. So Dad said, oh, no, okay. But I know what I'm going to do. Um, what I need you to do, you can come back, carry your run back, but it's $300 a month. $300 a month. Okay. Huh, Dad, $300. Yep, $300 a month. So every month she gave me $300, $300, $300, $300. In 10 months, how much was that? $3,000. The next month, 3600 So that next year come and say, okay, have you looked for a place? You found a place? Well, I found the place, but I don't have the, the money to move in there. Now, this three dollars $3,600, this is my money. Amen. I ain't say I put it away for her. Amen. But I'm going to use it for her. Oh, y'all ain't got it. Y'all ain't got it yet. Y'all ain't got it yet. See, because if she thinks it's her money, we're going to have a problem. But it's my money for you renting my room. Now, how much you need? Well, Daddy, I, I got 1200 and I need uh, 1200 for security deposit, and I need um, um, uh, uh, $400 for gas and electric. I said, what? <laughs> now, I'm going to give it to her, but I got I to gotta father her a little bit. What? You mean that's what you want? You need $1,600? What you been doing with your money? Oh, you got to do better with that. 
I know, Dad. I know. I ain't really. I'm going to take care of it this time. But we got to do better. Yeah. Dad, you can take care of it. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna, she don't know it's coming right out of her, that, her money. Huh? I'm going to take care of it. And boom. Now, if she would have said 2000 I would have gave her that. I got 3600 mine now, with, with, with my name on it, with her in mind. If she would have said 2000 I still would have, you know, fought a little bit. But at the end of the day, she getting out of there. That's it. That's it. That's it. Fatherhood before, during, and the emptiness. Our God is a good God. Maybe you're out there. Maybe you are going through a storm in your life. Maybe you need prayer. Maybe you need God to touch you. Let me tell you how God can give you these principles. God can give you these principles when you submit to him by making him Lord of your life. By allowing him to save your soul by obeying his term of pardon, which is he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you do that, God can give you wisdom and knowledge. Because this book, I only scratched the surface. There's a lot of stuff in there that can bless mamas and daddies all over the world. But God will direct you on how to use it when you obey his word. So if you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, hear his word, believe his word, confess your faith in Christ, get yourself baptized into Christ, and then God will bless your life. Hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized is what God will have you to do. Do it today as we all stand and sing the hymn of invitation to give somebody out there the opportunity to obey God. You know, our God is a wonderful God. He's a kind, he's a good God. Once when I did the sermon, somebody asked me, said, you just kind of mean on your daughter there. Why don't you just give her, give her the money and just let it be that? And I had to let them know, if you give it to them easy, they'll be back. All this is coaching. All this is training. Fathers, do your jobs. Wives, let your husbands do their job. They're not wired like you. God on purpose didn't wire them like that. You are the hearts of the family. Thank God for you. But dad has to be the doorkeeper. The, 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 the old wise man. The, 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 the one who has some, some, some discipline. And let him do his job. And together y'all make a beautiful team. I don't always get my way there. Sometimes I want to take a harder stand, but my wife give me the look. I said, honey. She make me bring it back. That's the little bit. I can't bring it back too much, but that little teeny bit, I'll pull it back. Because that's her helping me to get a little balance sometimes. Fathers, let your wives help you sometimes. Get a little bit of balance. Don't go all thunder. When it's necessary, do that. But sometimes God puts y'all together for a reason. Because y'all are best when y'all work together. Amen, Let's sing one more stanza, the last stanza. Would you?